Welcome to Click Connect. I'm your host, Craig Sullivan. We've got another industry leader today, and I'm very excited about this. So is producer Danny. We've got Ryan Minton, who is a author and RVP at TPG Hotels and Resorts. You know what we're going to be talking about, don't you? We're going to be talking about hotels. We're going to be talking about his book. We're going to be talking about leadership. But before we bring Ryan out, I would like to thank Red Roof Franchising and Chicago Title National Commercial Services Group for being a part of this show. Yeah, they've been with us from the beginning, and I thank them very much, along with you, our audience, for joining us today. So with that done, let's welcome Ryan Mitten to Click Connect. Ryan, how are you? Good, Craig. Thanks for having me. Good to see you, man. Good seeing you. And I got to tell you, thank you for the book. Thank you for autographing it. And thank you for the book for producer Danny and autographing hers as well. Great read. Great job. But before we delve into the book, would you do me a favor and please tell the audience about yourself, your book, and your company, please? Yeah, thanks again for, for having me, Craig. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a hotelier at heart, uh, currently a regional vice president of operations for TPG Hotels and Resorts. I oversee 10 properties, mostly here in southeast Florida. I live in Delray Beach, and uh, that's where I call home. I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. I lived there most of my life. I'm a Midwestern guy, but decided I couldn't take the uh, the winters anymore. So I, I came down to Florida four years ago. But uh, throughout my hotel career, I, I found I, I was having some success going into properties that were underperforming as it related to customer experience scores and, and, and culture problems, you know, employee satisfaction. And um, I started to find uh, that I, I kind of had a formula for for turning these properties around, and and the formula really, to me, wasn't uh, wasn't a, it wasn't rocket science. It was really about taking care of employees and and really focusing on the employee um, the employee experience first. And so um, I ended up writing a book about it, and uh, and it's called Thanks for Coming In Today. And uh, I, I I still to this day um, practice what's in that book, and and um, really. Uh, Appreciate you having me on. Oh, it's our pleasure. Trust me. It is definitely our pleasure. I love finding a good book. And I'm one of those people. It's very old school. I love the tactile experience of holding it, reading it, dog-earing the, the pages, yellow highlighter, the whole nine yards. Um, I should probably own that company, you know, from going to school and learning how to use a highlighter properly. I've never stopped. So <laughs> marking up a contract is always colorful. <laughs> Brian, let's talk about empowering your team and feeling appreciated. I think right now with labor being the number one issue um, that the hospitality industry uh, is facing, and, and, and let's use a broad based hospitality term, um, you know, it's hotels, it's resorts, it's restaurants, it's sports and entertainment. It, it's a lot of different factors. How do you come into a, a hotel that may not be hitting on all eight cylinders and empower your team that you've inherited and get them to know that they are appreciated and feeling appreciated? How do you, how do you accomplish that? Well, it's it starts at the top. Um, it, it is so crucial that the general manager embraces these ideas. Um, so, so in my current role, you know, that's really 
um, step one for me is to ensure that the general manager of the property um, really embraces this idea of, of taking care of the employee and they'll take care of the customer. Um, you know, I, I tell our general managers all the time, we wear multiple hats. Uh, we always have right in the hotel industry, yeah. you know, one minute you're, you know, helping a guest with luggage and the next minute you're checking them in. And then 20 minutes later, you might be in your office responding to, uh, you know, an RFP. You, you just do so many different things in a day. And I think that's why so many of us love the hotel business. Um, post COVID, uh, more hats than ever. I mean, I don't yeah. even think you can list how many things everyone does in a day, but I, I, really believe that the most important thing anyone does in a hotel if they have a leadership title is 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 create an environment where your employees genuinely enjoy coming to work you yeah. have to get that right if you yep. can get that right then you can start to build on on everything <laughs> else um and, and that really does come from the general manager and and the leadership you know the department heads um I, uh, I just think that is so crucial to, to being successful in any business, uh, but especially in the hotel business now. You've got to be able to create this environment where employees are genuinely excited to wake up in the morning and say, wow, I get to go work here. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and that's, that's, that's a huge part of it. Um, you know, I, I, unfortunately, I think we've all had jobs careers to a degree that that may not have been the norm um you know i i have a lot of faith in the millennials and and other generations where i, I i'm i'm the tail end of, of the boomers okay um and i never fit into that and i was constantly reminded of that you know when i was younger uh but you know it's there there is so much demand on you uh, at a hotel right now and, you know, to, to keep those Q scores up, to get, you know, everything done and wearing multiple hats. And I don't feel that we, as an industry, have done a very good job about promoting our industry and showing that, you know, there's a great career path there. And, you know, we've, we've got to get back to that or, or this industry is really going to suffer. Um, you know, Let's say you're in a good hotel, but there's room for improvement. How do you go from good to great with your team? Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I actually recently, not long ago, was was looking at a hotel's customer service scores, and the the scores were not stacking up to the experience that I felt on property, or even what some of the um, the comments were, you know, in, in the verbatims and, and on TripAdvisor. So we started to drill into the scores and saw that there was a lot of sevens and eights um, instead of nines and tens. And with, you know, most brands, a seven or an eight or lower is, is the equivalent of a zero. It doesn't count. So this hotel was good, but it wasn't great. And so what we really started to drill in on is, you know, where could we find um, – opportunity to impact the guests so that they they wanted to move that seven or eight to nine or ten so in your words from good to great and really that that comes down to the details that comes down to memorable experiences what can you do to 
impact a guest stay so much that they they want to talk about it so much that that they want to take that survey and give you the nine or ten and a lot of that comes down to to personalizing the stay uh, yeah. i was at a marriott conference recently and they focused in on this new phrase i really liked called needs and knows uh n-e-e-d-s and knows in k-n-o-w-s and it's this idea that you you know most brands most hotels have a wealth of information on the guest in front of us when they're checking in. But most of us don't take advantage of that intel. And a lot of other industries do a much better job than we have traditionally in, in taking the data we have in front of us on a customer and then using it to make their their experience better or make it memorable. So um, I, I think that was a cool phrase I, I've recently picked up and started using is, is focus on the needs and the no's. What do you know about that guest? And what do they need? And then take that information and and make it memorable and impact them in a positive way. They're going to have a better experience. And ultimately, they're going to reward you with uh, a good survey, but even more importantly, uh, hopefully a return stay and their loyalty to your hotel, to your brand. Absolutely. I think that's brilliant. It, you know, you know it, it's funny that you bring that up because 100 years ago, um, I was worried with a gentleman who was coming up with a platform that was going to help Fairmont maximize, you know, their president's club and all the data that they had. And, you know, Fairmont of San Francisco is one of my favorite hotels. It's living history, uh, couldn't be duplicated today. The staff there has always been outstanding. We used to do conferences there and the best pancakes Oscar in the country without a doubt. Um, and you can only have three because any more than that, you will go into a sugar coma. I mean, it just, they're amazing, but I always thought that we underutilized that. And I think Amazon, you know, capitalized on that. You look at all the things that you get from them perpetually. They, they know what your shopping habits are and, you know, is being part of a rewards program, whether it's Hilton, Marriott, IHG, Hyatt, and the rest of you know the, the the franchise companies out there, they've got everything on you. They've got your birthday. They you know they've got your cell phone number, got your email address. They know what your likes are at other assets of theirs as well. And there's nothing better than knowing when once you've checked in that everybody in that hotel knows your name. Everybody. You know, and it doesn't have to be a destination resort. It could be a Hampton Inn. It could be a Best Western. It could be Red Roof. It could be any anybody. And those little personal touches just mean so much to everybody right now. So I I love that phrasing. I'm sure that you're going to be working that into your lectures uh, <laughs> well, listen, and your you know, speaking the, engagements. You hit something I want to point out. It's very important. It's part of that um, part of that conversation of wanting to go from good to great. Is you know personalization um, it is really when I, I talk a lot about getting back to the basics. Um, yeah. When I do my keynote, one of my key points I, I zero in on is um, we cannot take for chance or assume that the employees we hire know what good customer service is. Um, you, you have to tell them, you have to say what your basic expectations are. Um, when I've worked with companies in the past that have wanted to improve their customer service, I, I ask the question, you know, what is your basic 
customer service expectation uh, right now. And, and most of the time, there is a struggle to answer that question because they have not defined it. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the favorite one of the things that I immediately do um, when I get a new hotel is I roll out what I call my service basics. And, uh, and a lot of companies do this, but it's it's so important to make sure that, you know, the people on the front lines know that your expectation is to escort instead of point. Uh, Your expectation is that you are going to try to answer the phone within three rings and not let it ring seven, eight, nine times. Um, You know, your expectation is that you're going to smile if someone walks past you. Um, The example that I often use, um, or my favorite basic is the 2010 rule, or some people call it the 15-5 rule, which is um, within 20 feet, as a customer passes by, you should be making some kind of eye contact. And yeah. then within 10 feet, you should have some type of verbal exchange, whether it's good morning, good afternoon, how's your day, uh, I like your shirt, whatever. Yeah. Um, if you That one single basic, if you can implement that today, you will immediately start to see customer perception change about their experience. Um, I, I use this example, and I, I won't say the retailer, but most people know I'm talking about when I say it, but <laughs> it's a big box retail, retailer that's not known for customer service um, that most of us probably go to every now and then. Um, if you were to go into that retailer and every employee within 20 feet made eye contact with you, that alone would be a win because nine times out of 10, yeah. they're in their, their phones or they're not paying attention to you. Right. Um, and then within 10 feet, they're saying something to you. How different would that shopping experience feel? So uh, when you're going from good to great, I really think part of that conversation is defining your basic service expectations and then making sure everybody knows them. I, I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, and, and it's those little things. You know, that that quick glance, acknowledgement, that hello, good morning, good afternoon, nice shirt, what whatever it may be, you just made somebody's moment. Now, uh, when I was running uh, an office, I, I'm a big one still under this day for a live operator. Okay, mm-hmm. that is, you know, in a lot of instances for an office. Um, that is your first sales contact. And if that person can see your receptionist smiling through the phone at them and knowing that that person is focused on your call, it, it alleviates anxiety. And then, you know, that phone call gets to the right destination and, and, you know, the the hello from the party that you're waiting for, you know, it's gotta be friendly and all that. Um, so I, you know, I, I just love that thinking. Um, it's funny you bring that up. I'll tell you, uh, cause you asked me about empowerment. So I've got yeah. an article coming out in Newsweek. Uh, I do writing, I do write articles for them. Um, so I've got an article coming out next week in Newsweek about empowerment. And the example that I use in the article is along the lines we just talked about. I had an incident uh, with, with Southwest Airlines a couple weeks ago where my flight was delayed and I missed a meeting. Now, when you when you have something like that happen, our baseline for customer service in this country is pretty low. <laughs> so yeah. I already assumed when I dialed that 1-800 number, I was going to probably go to battle. 
and I was probably going to have to go through some hoops. I was probably going to have to go through a lot of ish, you know, a lot of people to get to the ultimate resolution. I was blown away when the phone instantly rang to an actual person who immediately heard my concerns, showed empathy, fixed the problem. And oh, by the way, I can understand this was frustrating for you. So let me give you a hundred dollar credit. I didn't ask for that. I wasn't expecting that. But what really blew me away to the point where I ended up writing this article about that, that experience is really crucial in, in today's customer expectation. And we don't see it very often. Um, still blown away that I, that I immediately got a person and they were the only person that I had to talk to. They were empowered to do what they needed to do to make sure that I was happy. And here I am telling you about it. I'm going to write an article about it. That, that's what loyalty is. And, and if you, you got to empower the front line, and I, I preach this all the time, you yep. got to empower the frontline employees to the extent where I, I say, you got to eliminate the phrase out of your building. Let me check with the manager. That phrase makes my skin crawl. Yeah. Um, let the folks on the front lines do the job you hired them to do. Well, and that's it. And, you know, and, and I've got to say that I, you know, I, I, I'm glad that Southwest did that. I'm sure that they had gotten an email blast from somebody and say, Hey, it's all hands on deck. Everybody's answering the phones. You're empowered to take care of, you know, the traveling public. Uh, we just had a meltdown, you know, whatever it may be. Um, instead of everybody, you know, ducking for cover, uh, because that doesn't help anybody. Right. Uh, you know, and, and, yeah, the, my my skin's crawling thinking of the phrase that you just used. I won't use it. <laughs> it's just like no, uh, yeah. you know, it's it it is. It's it's that yeah, it's that pride and ownership and a job well done, taking care of the people that come into our hotels and our resorts, and you know, we're taking responsibility for their safety. We're giving them a good place, secure place. To get a night's rest and you know there there's we've all been into places where the, the on-site team is great and you are just happy as can be stepping out of your your car on arrival and you know i think sometimes some of these places forget that you've got to give them that wow factor right when they pull up you don't want any type of buyer's remorse I also don't want wet children from the pool sitting in my lobby, but that's a whole other story. Um, lead, don't manage. I think that is critical. You know, I think every GM, AGM, DOS, supervisor, they've all got to understand that, and the team's got to understand that. How do you get your your people to, to, to buy into that? Well... Again, it's it's identifying the right folks at the beginning, but sometimes you don't have that luxury. You're you're inheriting a hotel or you're inheriting a leadership team already, and and I think it's um, you know it's a lot to unpack there, but a big part of it is just living and walking the talk yourself. Um, but lead don't manage to me. It, what it means to me is that those folks on the on the, on the leadership team are 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 in it. They're, they're right there when the tough times happen. They're right there when, um, you know, the lines are three, five, six, ten people deep. They're assisting. Um, you really start to gain 
such a, a respect from your associates if you start to model that behavior by letting them see, you know what, I, I'm, I'm in this with you and, and I can do it. Um, you know, as a general manager for so many years, um, you know, there, there are things that I, I didn't know how to do. Uh, I, I, I think general managers are some of the most skilled people on the planet, really, because you ask them to, um, to manage so many different disciplines and so many different types of people. Um, I, I think general managers have to know a little about a lot. And then you hire experts in each dis discipline. So, you know, an example I use, I, I never knew, I never, con I never was able to conquer how to, to make uh, uh, a Starbucks. I, my hotels always had Starbucks. Um, but that espresso machine, for whatever reason, really always intimidated me. It was the one thing in the hotel that is this, to this day, I still don't know how to use that thing. And I would see that line of people in the morning and I just thought, man, I want to help. I yeah. want to help. But I knew that if I got back behind the counter, I was just going to mess everything up. I was going to frustrate the associate. But what I could do was I could go up to the line. I could interact with the guest. I could thank them for being there. And I could right. tell them, you know what, we're going to get, you know, I know how important that cup of coffee is. And, and just make conversation, kind of take away from the fact that they're waiting in line. Um, and, and, you know, that took some of the pressure off of the, the bistro attendant that all these people were staring at them, right? Yes. Now, yeah. now they're interacting with me. So I think there are always things that you can do, even if you don't know how to do the job. And I don't know if that answered your question, but. No, it did. It did. <laughs> I, you know, I think that's exactly it. You know, it's, you know, uh, you know, there's a big difference between a leader and a manager and the leader jumps in. The leader doesn't always have to lead from the front. They can lead from the back and from the side shoulder to shoulder with your team yeah. you know they're depending on you every day you're depending on them you know every day aggressive hospitality and your guests customers having expectations how do you manage those well aggressive hospitality i love that phrase that i, I did too I, I talk about that obviously in my book um it's just this you know this kind of like like just going into your lobby and just really being uh, all over the customer experience. Um, I, I, in my book, I talk about my very first general manager. I'll give him a shout out, <clears throat> Brian Perkins. Um, I, he's really who modeled aggressive hospitality for me. He, he was always in the lobby at peak times and he was one minute he was, you know, helping at the front desk. The next minute he was over in the restaurant, you know, seating people if he needed to, or clearing a table. He was just, he was a presence. Yeah. And, and so, you know, aggressive hospitality is me, it, to me is just, is, is that just being all over it at, at all times. Love it. Love it. All right, my friend, it's time for our lightning round. All right, here we go. Producer Danny's going to put two minutes on the clock and so am I, but uh, she's going to have it on the clock starting now. Team. Hotels. Marriott. Labor. Um, hard to find. Your favorite band, group, duo, or solo artist? Uh, Goo Goo Dolls. Interesting. Good answer. <laughs> favorite airport? CVG, Cincinnati, hometown airport. Favorite airline? Southwest. Aisle or window? 
aisle. I like to be able to get to the bathroom. <laughs> I agree. Favorite sport? Baseball. Tequila or whiskey? Whiskey. Favorite hotel or resort? Uh, Ritz-Carlton. Nice. You did that with a minute seven left on the clock. Congratulations. That's fun. So thanks for coming in today. How did you come up with that title? And what was your process like writing the book? You had to draw on personal experiences. You had to draw on things that you saw that you may or may not have agreed with. Let's hear a little bit about that, please. Well, thanks for coming in today. Is is a, there's a real story behind that? It's about an, a young man named Jason. Um, Jason worked for me when I was a front office manager, um, my first job in the hotel business. And um, Jason was a, a, a guest service representative, and at the time he was a hospitality student, and he was studying to to um, go into hospitality, become a general manager. And so Jason would come to work every day with this insane amount of energy and excitement to be at work. Um, he would seek me out no matter where I was when he would come in for a shift, find me, and he'd say, Ryan, thanks for coming in today. And he'd give me this big handshake. And uh, I, I joke all the time when I talk about Jason that I was convinced that he was pounding Red Bulls in the parking lot before he came in for a shift. Um, you, you know, people that have that kind of energy, like they're just, everyone's right here, but they're like up here. Um, every day he brought this, this energy and every day he would say, thanks for coming in today. He would do this with his guest. He would do it with his coworkers. Um, as I moved up to my career, moved up to my career, I, I had an opportunity a couple years, uh, down the road to hire Jason. When I became a assistant GM, I got a chance to hire him as my front office manager and, brought him on board and same thing, like just brought that energy every day. Thanks for coming in today, the handshake. And you know, it's funny, right? When he would say, thanks for coming in today because I was his boss. So really, you know, I, I should be thanking him, but, but he would thank me. Um, but uh, about three months after uh, we hired Jason to be my front office manager, um, I, got, I got a call in the middle of the night from uh, his fiance and um, she was letting me know that, that Jason wouldn't be in work the next day because he had been killed in a car accident. And, uh, you know, it, it really wrecked me. At that point, Jason had become, you know, more than just someone who worked with me. He was a friend. And, um, you know, when it happened, uh, I really, really started to think about how much I was going to miss him saying, thanks for coming in today every day. And, uh, and so I decided I was going to honor him by, by doing just that I was going to thank people for coming in every day because I remembered how it made me feel when he would do it. It made me feel like I mattered. And that's a big deal in this industry. You know, every job matters. And I think the, the good leaders get that, you know, especially now I, I say all the time, you know, every day we're one or two people away in our hotels from having a really good day or a really bad day. If someone calls off or doesn't show up, it's going to be a bad day, but if everybody shows up it's going to be a better day. And so I think it's so important to show that genuine appreciation to the people that show up. And I do that by saying, Hey, you know, thanks for coming in today. And this is, you know, this has been almost, you know, 15 years now that, that Jason passed away. 
and uh and i i still do thanks for coming in today and um i realize sometimes or am i reminded sometimes that this is unusual uh when i get a new employee or we you know i go somewhere and i i thank someone for coming in and i get a response a sarcastic response like well you know yeah you know you scheduled me of course i'm here or you pay me to be here um and i like to explain those <laughs> moments no i i really appreciate you being here because every yeah. job matters and yes. so um thanks for coming in today is obviously the title of the book because i open up talking about jason and and how that showing of genuine appreciation is so crucial to creating these environments that yeah. um are are going to ultimately create better customer experiences which are ultimately going to help you have a, a better bottom line Absolutely. And, you know, it, when I worked for publicly held corporate America, I was very fond of telling the C-suite. Uh, and at one point in time, I was part of the C-suite that, you know, dividends to the stockholders is not sustainable. You know, it's got to be about stakeholders. And if you don't realize that, maybe you should move on to a new industry. Uh, because if we don't have them, We've got offices that are empty, phones that are ringing, and clients that are going to competitors. Um, and it's the same thing with a hotel. Um, you you need everybody. And one of the things that I do, no matter, I, I don't care if it's an economy scale hotel or a destination or resort or an all-inclusive resort. Every team member that I encounter, I look at them and I say hello. And I'll say thank you on my way out for a great stay. And it's all because of them. They, they, they formed the basis of a great experience and trip for me. And I thank them all the time. Awesome. Great book. Thank you very much. I saw in your background, looks like you've got an e-reader version of this plus the hard copy. Where can they get a copy of your book, Ryan? Amazon's the best place to get it uh, quickly, or you can visit my website, uh, charlesryanminton.com. If you want a personalized copy, just reach out to me. I can send you one. Perfect. Now, if somebody wants to engage with you and get you as a speaker, how can people get a hold of you, Ryan? Uh, same place, charlesryanminton.com is an easy way to get with me. I'm also uh, big on LinkedIn like, uh, like uh, you are, Craig. So uh, hit, hit me up on LinkedIn. I love to uh, engage that way. There you go. Thank you for joining the conversation. Ryan, open invitation. Anytime you want to come back, awesome. give me a call. We'll get you booked. Um, if you want to write an article for the Click blog, we would love to publish it. I'm not going to ask for the one coming out in Newsweek. Newsweek. Was that it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want any copyright problems. So, <laughs> um, you know, but yeah, we'd love to publish an article awesome. as well. I'd so thank you for joining the conversation today. Greg, thanks for coming in today. Take care. Bye-bye. What a great episode. I got to tell you, I love us. You know, I don't care what business you're in. Get a copy of Thanks for Coming In Today. Read it. Give it to your team. It's an easy read. It's a delightful book. It's going to give you food for thought. So please pick it up. Thank you, Ryan, for joining us. Thank you, our audience. I want to thank Red Roof Franchising and Chicago Title National Commercial Services Group for bringing you the show today. You know, this has been 
just outstanding all the leaders that we get and again thank you to red roof franchising and chicago title uh for being a part of this so they've just they're phenomenal you know give them a call um thank you our audience we'll be back soon with another episode but remember to subscribe and ring that bell smash that bell on our youtube channel you can find us on linkedin twitter instagram and facebook as well uh join glenn hausman and i on thursdays for three minute thursday you never know what we're going to talk about neither do we um that's part of the fun and then friday night audit glenn and i and guests every friday for an hour or so uh join us there as well and you can find that on the no vacancy youtube channel and the checkout california youtube channel as well thank you again for joining us remember to be kind share your knowledge now go be amazing